0: Coming up on Locked on Dodgers. The Dodgers came in a Thursday night's game needing three things. They needed Julio to be, you know, something close to his elite self. They needed the offense to show up and they needed the bullpen to cobble together some innings. They get all three things. They beat the Pirates to win the series and cut their NL West deficit to half a game over the D-backs, who lost to the Mets again. So much to talk about from this. So let's get Locked On Dodgers. <laughs> You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Semperio. We're doing a split episode today, so I will be with you for the first half. Vince will be with you to wrap things up at the end. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, so uh, this was a big game on Thursday night for the Dodgers. They came in. A four game series is always hard because to win the series, you have to win at least three out of four. And that's a hard thing to do against any team. Uh, The Pirates, the Dodgers struggled against them earlier in the season. They've struggled at times against them in this series. And so coming into this, it was the difference between, are we going to win the series or split the series? And that's a, that's a big deal at this point in the season where the Dodgers are in the standings and everything. And we talked on yesterday's episode about, it was kind of an uphill battle because they had Julio pitching who has not looked good, uh, you know obviously it's been very uh limited time one start back from the injured list he looked really bad uh, his last start before going on the injured list he looked bad and and so there were some concerns we also expressed some optimism after his last start we talked about the fact that you know the a lot of his issues could have just been command issues because if you're not getting swing and miss, it doesn't necessarily mean your stuff is bad. The numbers showed that Julio's stuff was still good. He just wasn't commanding it. So he wasn't throwing it where he wanted to. And so we talked about optimism and what we saw on Thursday night was all of our optimism in, in real life form. Julio had excellent command of his changeup and his, his slurve and he had good command of his fastball. Fastball had, had the, ride that we are used to and really good movement on the slurve and good deception on the changeup. He got, what was it, Eight, eight or nine strikeouts in six innings. Uh, I think it was eight, just a really like so much more swing and miss than we've come to expect from him. Even when he's been his elite self, like at times it's like, well, he's getting weak contact. He's not getting the swing and miss. He had the swing and miss going. He only allowed three hits. Those were all consecutively in the second inning. Uh, And one of them should have been caught. Uh, David Peralta misjudged the line drive. And so one of the two runs that Julio allowed shouldn't have scored. Uh, And and so realistically, he should have gone six innings, one run allowed, two hits. Like, it's hard to ask for anything more than that uh, from anybody, uh, let alone a guy who has been injured and has looked bad. So Julio gave us everything we could have hoped for. Uh, But still, even with that, he was limited because he has been injured. So he was limited to six innings, 90 pitches. He threw six innings and 88 or 89 pitches. So basically exactly what Dave Roberts would in the game. Roberts would have been happy with five innings. He got six innings. All he could have hoped for from that, which meant the Dodgers had three innings that their bullpen needed to, to close out the game. And another thing we talked about yesterday is how in the world are they going to do this? And, uh, Yancey Almonte did go on the paternity list. His wife had their baby. Congratulations to the Almontes. I believe the sixth Dodger to go on the paternity list this year. Uh, And I think we have another one coming up later this year. I don't remember who it is, Um, but we've got one more coming. Um, So congratulations to the Almontes, but it did leave the Dodgers a little shorthanded and terrible news that we got before the game that Daniel Hudson is out with another knee injury. Uh, a strained knee or sprained knee, uh, some knee injury, not as bad as his torn ACL last year. And it's in the other knee, but it is serious. And Dave Roberts said, it's going to be a long time that he hopes Hudson will be back this year. Uh, When you're, you know, you still got three months left in the season and you're talking about, we hope he can get back. It's a big deal. And, and, you know, the emotion of last night's save uh, and then, you know, We had heard that he was emotional in his interview after the game. Turns out that it was a lot of those emotions probably had to do with knowing that he was injured again because uh, it happened on the second to last pitch that he threw. uh, So that that strikeout of Jack Winskey to end the game is all the more impressive that Hudson was able to execute that pitch while injured. Um, But so he went on the injured list. Uh, the, the good news was Bruce Dog Gratterall didn't have to go on the injured list. He he threw before the game and, and said he was feeling good. So the three relievers the Dodgers used in this game were Gratterall, who they didn't know if he was going to be on the injured list or not. He pitched the eighth. And the seventh and ninth were taken down by guys who were in the minor leagues 24 hours ago. Uh, Nick Robertson got the seventh inning. Alex Vesey got the ninth inning. And all three of them were were awesome. Uh, Gratterall gave up a, a little cheap infield single to lead off the, the ninth inning. Other than that, they were they were just elite, and gradually raced that with a double play. So uh, everything you could have hoped for from the bullpen, uh, more than we could have hoped for, really, on the pitching side, to get through this game with a questionable starting pitcher and a questionable bullpen and allow just two runs, and it should have just been one probably, man, we will take that. And then on the offensive side, uh, the offense got things done. It was – it it looked like it was going to – be a really, really good game after two batters. The Dodgers are up two to nothing. Mookie Betts doubled and uh, Freddie Freeman homered. And then Johan Oviedo settled in. He ended up pitching into the, what was into the eighth or at least, uh, I mean, he, he went deep in the game and, uh, but uh, just allowed those two runs until the bottom of the sixth, when Julio was done pitching, Julio leaves in a tie game and thinking the Dodgers need to score for him. And once again, a double by Freddie Freeman and then a home run by Max Muncie uh, gave the Dodgers the lead that they wouldn't get back. They tacked on another run later on a double by Mookie and a single by Freeman, and uh, it was five runs. You know, I, I said yesterday I wanted thirteen runs, uh, but that was because I didn't know how good the p- the pitching was going to be. Five runs turned out to be plenty, and all in all, just a really, really good team win and a lot of things to be optimistic about. That I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about kind of the reasons for optimism from this game. I'll probably temper that optimism a little bit uh, just cause that's kind of how I am. But uh, I think there's a lot to feel good about, about this game and, uh, and going forward. So I will be back in a minute with that. Thank you for making locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by game time. Look, Buying tickets to events shouldn't be stressful. Whatever you look for, tickets to the Dodger game, tickets to a concert, uh, Taylor Swift. I've been trying to get Taylor Swift tickets for my daughter as a graduation present, man, those things are expensive, uh, but I found pretty good deals on game time. Now I just need to, you know, start a GoFundMe to, to, to pay for them. Cause even on game time, they're expensive, but they're a lot less expensive than I, I found a lot of places. And you know why game time guarantees I'm going to get the best price. So whatever you look for, comedy show, theater, Anything you can buy tickets for, you can buy the tickets through game time. And you don't got to plan months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And they even have exclusive flash deals on tickets for all the games, the comedy shows, anything you want. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So you uh, go to game time, download the app or go to GameTime.co. Uh, Create an account and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, I am back. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. Every weekday morning, it really does mean a lot to us. If you are uh, watching on YouTube, love to hear from you through the YouTube comments section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through uh, social media or email or whatever. Vince will give you all that contact info at the end, like we always do. I also want to remind you that you can uh, catch every Dodger game on the hometown Dodgers radio feed on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just launch the SXM app and search for Dodgers you can also catch this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And uh, with with all of that uh, that we've talked about in this game, Dodgers winning the series over the Pirates after that frustrating series over with, with the Royals. You know, we talked about that road trip. The Dodgers won two out of three from the Rockies. You'd love to sweep, but two out of three is not bad. If they could have won two out of three from the Royals, successful road trip. They lost two out of three, and it was it was frustrating. Um, and there was a frustrating loss in this series against the Pirates when the Dodgers blew a ninth-inning lead. But all in all, the Dodgers won three out of four games in this series. And uh, one reason for optimism, like I mentioned, is Julio. Julio looked really, really good. And, you know, I, like I said, he was bad in his last start before he went on the injured list. We have no idea how much of that was related to the injury. He was bad in his first start back. We have no, no idea how much of that was due to rust or, you know, whatever it was. But the version of Julio that we saw on Thursday night, and it's not just results. Like some, some people say, well, it's just the Pirates. They're a bad team or whatever. And, and I'm not even basing it on the results or how bad he looked the hitters, made the hitters look. It's the stuff. And you can watch the stuff and you can see the way that slurve was working on Thursday night. Julio would have been successful against any team in baseball with that slurve, with that changeup, with that fastball command. Other than one plate appearance to Key Brian Hayes, like the command was really good. Even when he gave up the hits, he was making decent pitches. Uh, you know, and, and in that sixth inning, he did walk Key Brian Hayes, and he just lost command of the fastball. Armside fastball missed in the same spot three times in a row to walk Hayes. Got out of that inning. Um, and other than that, like he was just dominant. And that's something like obviously anytime you have an elite starting pitcher, it helps your team. If the Dodgers could get the version of Julio that existed last year and the year before the second half, uh, that, that would be a huge, huge boost to this team. Because as we've talked about on this show, starting pitching kind of is a catalyst for everything because the reason, or one of the reasons the bullpen has struggled so much is because the starting pitching has struggled to get deep in the games. We saw it here on Thursday night. Julio goes six innings and then you have three relievers going in each the offense did their part. And so they're low stress innings for the relievers. So they can just come in pumping strikes and they get the job done. And yeah, they're going to have hiccups, whatever, but the bullpen will be a lot better if the starting pitching is going deep in games. And so having Julio there, Kershaw will hopefully be back shortly after the all-star break from his injury and, and keep going deep in games. And then, you know, Bobby Miller has shown signs of getting deep in games. Emmett Sheehan has what it takes to get deep in games. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, still a question mark, but, you know, uh, hopefully he can get that command back because the Dodgers have the makings of a decent rotation, and I still think they're going to pursue starting pitching at the All-Star break, and I think they should. Uh, but but right now, I mean, we still are not the All-Star break, the trade deadline, but we've still got, what, three, four weeks until the trade deadline? And so three and a half weeks or something. So there is, there's no starting pitching to be had right now. And so they need to get by with what they have because they're battling in the division. Vince will talk more in the next segment about the, the national league West race, the D backs lost again, you know, and a lot of that, like the Dodgers need wins right now. And so they need their pitching until they can trade for reinforcements. They need their pitching to step up. And so that's one major reason for optimism from this game. Uh, We also saw, Uh, max Muncy playing really good defense. Uh, it was, the defense has been a question mark for Muncy. Uh, he, he has his stretches where he looks good. Uh, but he got a lot of action. Julio was when he wasn't striking guys out, he was getting ground balls and, uh, and Muncy other than the two run double, uh, where Muncy was off the line more. Everything else, Muncy was in position for the, and I'm not saying Muncy was out of position on that one. It was just the one ball down the line that he didn't get to. uh, And it just hugged the line. Uh, But Muncy got in position, made strong throws, made good throws, you know, bouncing it to Freeman when he needed to. uh, And and Muncy, and then hitting the home run. If we can get a version of Max Muncy that makes the plays defensively and hits home runs, obviously it'd be nice to get some singles too, get the batting average up there, get the on-base percentage up there. Uh, But all in all, Like this version of Max Muncy, pretty awesome. Extra base hits were looking good. Uh, There's still question marks. Austin Barnes is still Austin Barnes. Uh, Miguel Vargas is still struggling really bad. James Outman had a rough night. Uh, You know, really it was the top three. Other than Miguel Vargas, he got a a lucky double, a ball that literally dropped three three feet in front of Jack Swinski that should have been caught. Uh, Swinski lost it, and Vargas got a double. Everything else, the other six hits came from Betts, Freeman, and Muncy. Two for Betts, three for Freeman, one for Muncy. Uh, two homers and three doubles among those six hits from those three guys. That's what got it done. And But we've seen the rest of the lineup contribute. We've seen even, you know, the parts of the lineup with with Peralta and Hayward and J.D. Martinez and uh, Miguel Rojas, who didn't play in this game. Uh, you know They're getting contributions. In this game, it was the top three, but that's not what it always is. So I, I feel like... With the D-backs scuffling right now, with the Dodgers in good position in in the division and the the potential of Julio being back and getting through this game without having to use Evan Phillips or Caleb Ferguson, and so getting those guys some rest, they're set up well to face the banged-up Angels for two games and then go into the All-Star break, get recuperated. Like, as poorly as things have gone for the Dodgers this year, they're half a game out of first place, and there's plenty of reasons for optimism. Obviously, I am more optimistic than some people wish I was. But the fact is, uh, this was a good series win, a good win in this game. And this is our last episode before the All-Star break. So uh, Vince is going to come talk to you in a minute uh, about the the NL West, some other, his thoughts on this game. And then you won't see me again until uh, after or until the All-Star break has started. So uh, I appreciate it. I love talking Dodgers with you, and Vince will be along in a minute.
1: Yo, 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 Dodger fans! Vince here to close out the episode. And as Jeff mentioned, the Dodgers are now just half a game behind the Diamondbacks in the NL West, and having a better month uh, so far in the month of July than they did in June. So far, the Diamondbacks are one in four in July, so that's given the Dodgers opportunity here to get back. Well, they were never out of the race, but you know, get closer and have the potential to go into the break with the lead in the NL West. And you take a look at the standings right now, as they sit Arizona's on top, Dodgers are half a game back. The giants are two and a half games back. The Padres are eight and a half games back. And then obviously Colorado's out. So as of now, the Dodgers are two games up on the giants, eight games up on the Padres. And like Jeff said, the Dodgers got to get wins now. So they're, they're playing for the now. And, and, if you kind of stick to, you know, not discounting the Giants, I believe the Giants are, are, are still going to have, you know, they're still going to be there toward the end at this point. Just a matter of how close. If they end up going and making some deadline deals, you know, that that could obviously swing some things in their favor. I'm not ready to completely say the Padres are out, but, you know, it, it would take a lot, obviously, for them to to outplay the Top play of the Giants and Dodgers and Diamondbacks all by six or more games the rest of the season it's kind of tough to see um especially like I said considering they haven't even had a stretch thing right now them beating the Angels this week and I they haven't had a stretch where they've like looked hot or looked good not that that can't happen not that you know maybe AJ Pellard decides to trade the rest of the farm system and goes after somebody or, or, you know, something, I don't know. But again, I don't see them as a huge factor at the moment. That could always change. But I think if the Padres are going to be a playoff team, it's going to be in a wild card spot. And, you know, now everyone's kind of turning on them and the Mets. The Mets had a good week. Kelvin's helping out the Dodgers with the Diamondbacks. backs. Um, they're both 41 and 46 going into a weekend series against each other. Um, so yeah, it remains to be seen obviously, but I don't see that happening. But if you look at just kind of the NL West and you, you giants we won't talk about them in depth right now, just because they're behind the Dodgers, but obviously they could factor into it, but we look at the Diamondbacks and we look at the Dodgers and kind of what to expect here in the second half of the season. And, you know, one, uh, a lot of this is kind of contingent on what's up with Corbin Carroll Corbin Carroll for the Dimebacks, rookie of the year candidate, and almost MVP candidate, hurt himself last night on a swing. Uh, It looked like something with the shoulder. It was reported after the game that he might be fine. He's going to get an MRI on Friday, and then they'll kind of, you know, see where he's at. So if he's injured for a while, or if he gets hurt for any time longer than like a month, you know, I think, I don't think the Dimebacks have enough, and the rest of the team in order to hold that over and to, that I would still imagine them to be a good team, but I don't expect them to be the way they've been playing so far this season. Uh, but if he's healthy and, and ready to go after the all-star break, then, you know, I do expect them to continue to battle. And I do think that they might make a couple trades or, or at least be open to a couple trades. Uh Nothing like, I don't think there's a, anything out there over the top for them unless it's, you know, somebody that comes with some team control. But I do think, you know, they expect them to make some moves in and try to keep up top. Well, if they are up top after the All-Star break, uh, the NOS. But you look at the Dodgers and you look at the Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks are doing all this with relatively good health, at least at the moment. You know, they've had a couple injuries here and there, but the big one for them is Merrill Kelly, who was their number two. Uh, he's currently on the injured list. But other than that, there's not a significant contributor that's hurt you know they have everybody pretty much that they're going to have uh in in on the roster right now. And the Dodgers on the other side have even if they don't even if they don't make any trades, the Dodgers could see could see Walker Buehler and JP Fireisen at some point this season. They could see Daniel Hudson at some point again this season, although yeah it, it, I didn't like you know, the way they said that he'd be out for quite some time. And, and like Jeff mentioned, talking about how he well they hope he gets back before the season ends. Uh, you never want to hear that when it's July. But again, I, we'll see what happens. They'll get Clean Kershaw back likely after the break. They'll get Shebby Miller back hopefully at some point in the next month or so. They might get Jimmy Nelson back at some point. They might get Ryan Pepio back at some point. Noah Syndergaard, I don't know if we necessarily want him back, but if he happens to figure something out, the Dodgers could get him back at some point. And it seemed like that point almost came this weekend. Uh, Dave Roberts said that Syndergaard's sim start or bullpen, whatever he was supposed to throw on Thursday, got pushed back a day uh, in the crazy scenario that the Dodgers would have needed him to Hopefully, give them some innings. Uh, I believe that's more so if like raw and maybe somebody else got hurt or something like that. But Gradraw ended up staying on the roster. Um, and then offensively, it's just Chris Taylor, really, that the Dodgers are are expecting back as a contributor. Trace Thompson, I guess, at some point could come back, but it doesn't seem you know, that that's. It doesn't seem like they're waiting for Trace Thompson to come back. So offensively, it's just Chris Taylor. But on the pitching side, I mean, there's a lot of guys that could come back and and. You know, some of those guys are not – we wouldn't expect them till at least September anyways. Um, You know, again, Shelby Miller, hopefully before August or in August, Daniel Hudson. You know, August seems generous at this point, given what they've been saying, but maybe toward the end of August, early September, you know, Nelson could be coming back sooner rather than later, assuming he he continues to pitch well and react and and recover well from his – uh, rehab starts in OKC and then you got pepio and and you know Bueller fire eyes in at some point in the season so just based on that the Dodgers would appear to have some advantage in the second half in the terms of they're gonna get healthier and you know this is also assuming that nobody else gets hurt but uh, they're gonna get healthier and the fact that they've done all this you know they're only half a game back of the Diamondbacks with all these injuries, with every single member of their starting rotation, plus Pepio spending at least, you know, some time on the injured list this season with them losing a reliever almost every other week with a bunch of relievers being ineffective and kind of coming up and down. You know, we saw Nick Robertson and Alex Vestia uh, provide an inning of relief yesterday, a scoreless inning of relief, which is, you know, great. Um, And hopefully – a sign of things to come, at least for Vestia and Nick Robertson uh was more of a guy product of the situation rather than somebody that would have been up regardless of, of a situation this year. You know, I don't think we would have seen Nick Robertson had it not been for all these injuries, whereas Vestia was on the opening day roster. We expect him to be good. He hasn't been good, but uh you know, there's still time to turn that around. So in terms of like roster, roster second half coming up and based on, you know, what's happened in the first half and everything else, The Dodgers would appear to have the advantage over the Diamondbacks in that sense. And also, they appear to have the advantage in the fact of they, on paper, a better team. Uh, The Diamondbacks have Zach Gallen, who might be better or, well, numbers-wise, not better than than Kershaw so far this season. But stuff and, like, close enough in numbers to where, you know, you could say Gallen is the best pitcher on both teams and not get too much brushback. Uh, but then the Dodgers have probably the next three starters before you get to Merrill Kelly, um, you know, between Kershaw, Julio, for sure too. Um, and then, you know, Gonsolin could be better than Merrill Kelly, although he hasn't been this season. You know, Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, I guess in theory could. but So maybe the next two. But either way, the Dodgers – and then after that, I think the Dodgers – have it the rest of the way in terms of starting pitching. So the Dodgers have the advantage in roster. The Dodgers have the advantage in health in terms of getting guys back. Uh, The Diamondbacks have the current leg up in terms of current health. Um, And then you just kind of look at, at, you look at the Diamondbacks roster and you're like, how are they doing this? Because you got, again, it's, it's Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly. And then some dudes, like there's nobody that, that I can't like, you know, realistically without having seen them play the Dodgers in a while and looking at their rosters, like, wait, which ones are the starting pitchers and which ones are the relievers? I know Zach Davies is a starter, uh, but then, you know, they have a bunch of guys and and that's not to say that those guys can't or can't continue to pitch well or pitch well, or, you know, be good for the Diamondbacks. I'm just saying like, you know, you look at it and you're like, okay, How are they getting this done? You know, offensively, Corbin Carroll and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. have been great for them there in the outfield. Uh, They got, you know, Christian Walker's always a threat. They got Catel Marte, who's been really, really good at second base. But now you got, you know, other guys, Nick Ahmed, Evan Longoria, Geraldo Perdomo, who wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, count. Like, if you had to give me Evan Longoria or Max Muncy, I'd probably take Max Muncy. Longoria, a little bit. Older, uh, he's having a decent year though. He, he's OPS in 850, so it's not like you know anything. Uh, but I would bet on Max Muncy in the second half over him. You know, you'd bet on a lot of the guys from the Dodgers over some of these guys, you know, Catel Marte. Unless Mookie Betts plays second base full time, you know, the Do- the Dynamax will have that advantage at second base, first base, you know, Freddie over Christian Walker, uh, shortstop, whether it's Perdomo or Ahmed, you know. Perdomo's been hitting well so far this season. Um, So you could give him the advantage over Rojas. in that sense. but Rojas has been hitting better lately. So uh, if you give me the new Rojas, you take that in the outfield. You know, Corbin Carroll, Mookie Betts. At this point, a wash. Um, You know, Carroll's been really good. He has 18 home runs. He has 24 stolen bases. You know, Mookie doesn't quite have the stolen bases. Mookie's got a little bit more home runs. Um, but overall, you know, Corbin Carroll has been really, really, really good. But then you look at, you know, Gurriel, he's been really good. You know, if you, the, the, com- if you combine, uh, you know, Jason Hayward and Peralta into maybe one guy, then they kind of add up to Gurriel. So you know, there, there's, the Dodgers have a better roster and the Dodgers have the health coming back on their side. The Max are already healthy either way you look at the NL West and At the currently stands, the Dodgers not should have the advantage, but could have the advantage. Assuming their offense continues to play well, and they get back some of these pitchers, and they start getting healthier. Now, I don't think the Dodgers could withstand the second half like the first half in terms of, all the injuries and everything else, but again, we're going to play this like everyone comes back healthy and nobody else gets hurt. So, look forward to the second half of in terms of battling the Diamondbacks, battling the Giants, maybe battling the Padres. We'll see, but you know, I still expect Dodgers to be on top of the Nos by the time it comes down to it. So, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank y'all for listening. you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to find us wherever you find wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure to become an everyday or by listening every day. You can make that easy on yourself by subscribing wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Tell your friends, tell your family. You can find us on social media, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Jeff is on Twitter Night Dog. I'm at Vincent91. DMs are open if you need to get a hold of us. You can find the Dodgers home broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app for any game. Just search Dodgers. You can find us on there as well if you search Lockdown Dodgers. You can email us, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail or text at 323 863 5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, take your Smart Device Play Podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree, you just have to
0: listen. Have a good one.